Boy, I sure must have looked like an idiot. Jumping in the river, waiting for Mr. Wonderful. Who obviously had better things to do. Oh, well, uh, I'm sure it must have been something uh, very important, Lois. And then thinking that you were... Carrie White could see me now. Where's my comb? Where's my comb? God, not only have I lost my mind, I've lost my comb. Clark, can you pass me that brush over there, please? I'm sure. No, 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 it's, it's, it's okay. Clark, let me no, see your hand. No, Give it to me. No, no, it's all right. Let me no, look no. at it. You are Superman. Do you expect me to talk? Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And it's episode 63 of Do You Expect to Talk? I'm a host of the show. Chris and Dave, how are you? I'm fine, good evening, folks. I'm alright, thank you. That yeah, was a quick episode, literally, bang, yeah. done, within seconds. So, what are we doing next week then? Next week, Superman, Superman, Superman 3. 3. Hopefully, we'll have as much insight on that one. Oh, dear. No, don't worry, you didn't miss anything. We are indeed discussing Superman 2. But we will discuss both versions concurrently and talk about them as they go along. But anyway, this movie is starring Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, Gene Hackman, Sarah Douglas, Terence Stamp, Jack O'Halloran, and written by Mario Pizza, David Anderson Newman, with a score by John Williams and Ken Thorne, and directed by Dick Lester or Richard Donner, depending on which version you're going to watch, and released in 1980. What did we think of Superman 2? I think... um... Dave, do you want to tell us a bit about the history before we dig, dig into our opinions? Maybe that lay a bit of insight into what... Okay, um, we talk about two different versions here. That That's half true. I'll come back, I'll come to that at the end of this little bit. Um, about 40% of what they were originally, anecdotally, of what they were originally planning to put into the second film was shot during the first big shooting session for the film. Uh, but the thing is, the they were running out of time. They'd already missed a, a summer 78 release, and they were struggling to get it ready for December. Uh, Christopher Reeve was still shooting in September, uh, some of the effect sequences and stuff, incredibly up to the wire. So some of the things that they'd yet to work out, such as how they were going to finish the first film and how they were going to finish the second film, they kind of bodged by just saying okay let's just put the spinning the old world back thing in this film um and i think we sort of re- we talked about some of that in our review last week we, we i think it came out that i think that's some of the reasons that, that the last half hour of the film is a little bit unsatisfying because it's 
kind of made up on the fly and they're quickly putting an ending in and it was rushed into it wasn't it yeah i think i think that was definitely some of it um the film came out uh they'd spent an enormous amount of money on it 55 million as we talked about last week huge smash made 300 million at the worldwide box office again as a point of comparison as we often do uh the following year uh moonraker made somewhere around 210 so that gives you an idea of scale it was a it was a big big success but um again there are two sides to this story but uh the general gist was the that donna did not get on with the producers anyway particularly pierre spengler um he made this position a little bit untenable because he started bad-mouthing him in interviews promoting oh. the first film so march 1979 they fired him and they kept richard lester on as the director for the film they they, they spoke <laughs> to tom mankowitz to say could you come back and write and he said well i can't do that i'm, I'm dick, dick donna's my friend um no, that's it. They said, can you fly to, I think it was Paris, can you fly to Paris to meet with Dick, uh, Richard Lester? And he said, I can't do that. Dick Donner's my friend. He said, and then they said, okay, <laughs> can you go to Paris and accidentally have bump into Richard Lester? <laughs> <laughs> so Sneaky. Like, it's like, but he said no. Um, accidentally on purpose. Yeah, the situation you've got now is uh, Christopher Reeve, as you may recall uh, in last week's discussion, was told by Sean Connery uh make your second film something completely different and if they want you back for a second go at this i.e by second film i mean something outside of the franchise um and they he said get a lawyer and, and renegotiate your contract and he followed both of those things to the letter in between he did a film called somewhere in time with the future director of supergirl um we're gonna have so- to include supergirl now why? Just because I'm in <laughs> We're not curing somewhere in time. So, no. <laughs> and the Monsignor. <laughs> and the Village of the Damned. And, and the entire well, 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 okay, we'll quickly do Supergirl now. Uh, it's got uh, Peter Cook in it, and it's shit. There you are. Yeah, yeah there we are. <laughs> and it's got actual Helen Slater, not not Helen Slater. Oh, Peter, T- Peter O'Toole's in it as well, isn't he? Peter O'Toole's in it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Ellison Die Hard. be pissed all the way through it. <laughs> Okay, that was our review. So anyway, and it's really bad. Anyway, uh, but the director of that um, a few years before made a film called Somewhere in Time based on a book called Bedtime Return. Although if you went to buy this book now, you'd probably find it under the name Somewhere in Time, written by Richard Matheson, who's probably best known for uh, well, what became I Am Legend. Is the book called that, or is it called The Omega Man? I get confused between that and the different. I think it is The Omega Man, and then the film was yeah. I Am Legend. I, I know the. Charlton Heston version of the film was called that, but I can never remember which is the rename of it. But anyway, yeah, I think the original was um, Omega Man. It's a it's a sort of time travel love story, and whilst it's a bit sort of TV in its execution, it's actually a fascinating concept, and it's got an absolutely gorgeous um, John Barry score on it. So he went and did something else. I think he was hoping to broaden sort of the base of his appeal. Unfortunately, that film was a flop. It did less than ten million at the worldwide box office. But yeah, the two Bond references in it are John, it's got a John Barry score and it's the leading lady in it is Jane Seymour, who obviously we know from Live and Let Die. So he, he then hires a lawyer and says, look, because they paid him 250000 and it was for two, the two films after the um, sort of uh, debate over the three and four musketeers that we talked about last week. But it was for two films in one shoot. 
And he said, look, you're having me back for a whole fresh um, round of principal photography. So he negotiated himself another half a million. Uh, they decided, uh, very penny-pinching in this one. It's still an expensive film, but they decided not to use any of the Brando footage. Uh, there's even a sequence where they re-filmed what was his hand because they they didn't want anything there that he could claim is a, a sizable fee for a second film. Gene Hackman declined to come back, largely because of the way they treated Donna. Uh, and there was kind of, yeah... Uh, Christopher Reeve was kind of trying to be diplomatic, but he wasn't really happy about the way Donna was treated. Margot Kidder spoke out quite strongly, and that that really hits her next week. We'll we'll talk about that again next week. Um, so what you've got is a very mismatched film because there are sequences to be the again. I may get this wrong, but my understanding is to be the director of records, you have to shoot fifty one percent of the footage. To cobble together the film, it would have been... I, my understanding is if he just used what had been shot and shot afresh, it would have been less than that. That doesn't quite square with the, the idea that they'd shot 40% of it only during the original shoot. But whatever the case, there are versions of scenes in this film that are different in the Donner Cut. Um, the Richard Donner Cut will come to in a minute, but this film comes out... In 1980, in most of the world, it came out last in America. I'm not really quite sure why that was, but it didn't come out till summer 81 over there. Uh, but it came out to slightly less success than the first film, but again, still a sizable hit. And certainly until the sort of later rashes of, of comic book films, it was regarded as one of the better sequels ever made. Now, just very quickly before we get into the film... The theatrical cut is Richard Lester's. Richard Donner, as we said, had shot a load of footage. Some of it, some of it, some of the final cut that later becomes the Richard Donner cut isn't his because he has to cobble together with what's used. But there are certainly scenes that were in his original um, vision of what the film should be. It was something that fans had, had, had asked for for years. And in 2006, in the build up to. Superman Returns, he did get together with an editor and they cut together something approximating what would have been his version of the film. It uses a lot of the Lester stuff. It does use a lot of the same beats. It's broadly a similar story, but there are different cuts, different beats, different ideas, and the end effect is somewhat different. And we'll talk about it a little bit as we go through. Chris and I have both seen it. Yeah, it's it's difficult to tell which is um, Donner and which is Lester. I mean, all, all you can kind of like tell for certain is um, anything with Gene Hackman in is Donner, for certain. Um, and apart and that and the, and the new uh, new takes, you know, the, like there's a different opening for the film, and then there's a and there's a different thing set at the you know the the honeymoon racket, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the one giveaway to me and obviously tripadvisor didn't work back then but <laughs> <laughs> even it didn't get uh, yeah I I went I stayed in Niagara Falls about five or six years ago and my my now ex wife perhaps this is why she's my ex wife <laughs> maybe that's why sick of me banging on about Superman two but anyway um it's... I was gonna say did you stay in that hotel when you went to Niagara no but when you watch the film um I showed you some photos from it didn't I. We yeah. were looking right down on that area, and the oh, area, wow. the area, we're in the tower. So the, the the tower that you see in shot, we stayed in. 
But when you look down, you've got what is actually the Honeymooners Hotel or whatever it's called, right in front of which Clark buys the hot dog and everything else. That's actually a tourist information centre, not a hotel. But I was like a a couple of hundred yards away from that. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've been to Niagara Falls. I've seen the hotel. <laughs> the one thing that's really tacky, <laughs> Niagara Falls, it's the closest thing America has to like Blackpool, I think, in Skegness. Um, <laughs> obviously, there's a modern wonder of the world there, but everything around it is tat. The, the only thing I will say, and I, I'm going to be walking a fine line here because she went on to have mental health problems, Margot Kidder. So I'm really reluctant to sort of ridicule or take the piss or anything. That gets really tough by the time you get to four. Um, but I think some of the scenes I can tell the difference because A, she's not photographed as well or dressed as well in some cases as um, she was when she was being shot by Jeffrey Unsworth. The second thing is she did have some substance abuse problems and she noticeably lost weight. You can most commonly see it in her cheeks. So where I did her think cheeks, she did look a little bit um, yeah. like withdrawn. I, where, I where her cheeks look really hollow, yeah. that's by and large the Leicester footage. To, to give one example, um, I know Richard Donner talks about the diner scene later in the film, which we'll go into when we get there. And he was ridiculing Richard Leicester for claiming he directed it because he said, look, I'm in it. You can see me there. I directed this scene. Um I can break that tie by saying, yes, he did. You can tell by Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder looks a lot healthier than she does in the Richard Lester scenes. Mm, yeah, there are some kind of, well, especially in the, in the close-up scenes as well, you can kind of see that she, she's kind of a bit more drawn, you know, sort of in the face as well. Um, and it is, it's actually, yeah, it's markedly different. I'm like, oh, okay. And as, as somebody, I sadly didn't do enough preparation for this episode, um, haven't seen the, the Donna cut, unfortunately, but I will do. But I'm sure they're kind of, they're, you know, more standout. It's very, uh, I think, uh, as I say, w- once you um, once you get into the film, there are differences, but it, it's something of a misnomer to call it the Donner Cut, because that implies it would be the film he would have made in 1980. Oh, and no, I think, yeah, I think, I think and that's just kind of what, what it's generally no, kind of no, known it as. it is, and he signed off on it being called that, but when we start comparing these versions of the films and saying which one is best and all the rest of it, yeah. you've got to note a few things. Firstly, oh, he, sure. has to, he has to make do with some Leicester footage. Um, B, he cannot quite remember what he would have done. So he says in a few times, it's too long ago. And he has to rely a little bit on the editor. Um, thirdly, he's got to um, rely on some test footage. And yeah. I think properly shot those scenes would have been better and finally because he didn't direct the two in one hit he reuses the ending from one so oh. kind of which he wouldn't have done so it's a bit of a curio but you can certainly see where it might have gone had he been the sort of director of record and there's even some deleted stuff as well there's actually some deleted scenes in the um, in the DVD slash Blu-ray isn't it of, uh, in, in the Donner cut so that might answer a few questions but actually aren't included in the film so it it's it is a little bit of a puzzle box of like what might have occurred in that film i mean i generally got saying stuff but i actually prefer donna cut myself um just solely in the fact i just think it's handled better i think it's got better ideas um 
but prim- primarily I think it just cuts out all the goofy shit that Lester put. You know, I mean, like, it, it, I, I, I don't know what exactly um, which which scenes Donna actually filmed, but it, it seemed like he did actually film reasonable large chunk of it, and um, and all the goofy stuff is just kind of like he just, he just cut cut out so lots a lot of all the kind of like sight gags. Yeah, the weird sort of sight gags. Uh, majority of the the random powers they just have to give like. <laughs> Zard and Superman, and, and all, almost all, all excised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, like sort of like Argon, they can sort of like sort of shoot thing, uh, things from the fingers that, that lift people up and stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, when we come to the end of the film, I'll, I'll talk more about what I think of the film, and it will be largely the theatrical one I'm referring to, really, in terms of how, it, how what I think of it overall relative to each other. I think the best of all versions would have been a Donna film done at the time. And I think there's enough promise in the Donner cut to tell you that because it is compromised. If I had to have one, it would be the Leicester one. Unfortunately, I feel I say unfortunately because it's taking one's reverential, but still fairly light tone and smashing it together with the tone of Superman three. And it, and it doesn't quite work, but somewhere in these two versions, there should have been the best film in the series. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, for me, I think. I mean, go, going off, I I just think um, you, you hit as soon as the film starts, you go, oh no, because everything just seems a lot cheaper. Like you got the same theme, but it's not done by John Williams, and, and it's it, orchestrated different. You can tell, and it just it, it, yeah, it is. It just feel. I mean, you know, not to knock on the on the composer himself, but it just feels like cheaper. Like just feels more of like a knockoff, and the way it's handled, the way they've kind of cut around the corners, like. They got the extra recut scene with Zod, and I'm like, kill they kill like security guard, and you think, oh fucking hell, that looks really bad. Like even like today's standards, it just looks you just easily tell what they've just done. They just took like a screenshot from the first film, and just had like Terrence Stamp just walk on. <laughs> yeah. It's it it, it 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 just looks a bit, it just looks a bit poor <clears throat> in comparison and to what's been before. As well, there are things that in the Donner cut speak to things in the first film, particularly yeah. with Jarrell. The Donner Cut The Donner Cut should be a better film. It's just compromised by they have to use test footage, they have to use that ending again, etc. etc. Mm. So the Leicester film is a better realised film in some respects. But yeah, well I think you can't watch the two and not think, Christ, I wish this has been Richard Donner the first time round. Yeah. It's it I mean you can tell like like, I remember watching this, I remember this being a, a favourite grow, uh, growing up as a kid. I mean, I think if you asked me, like, when I was, like, like 12 or 15 even, I probably would have said this, it, uh, Superman 2, is is a better film than Superman 1. Um, I, th- I think it should have been. But I think, it's just, you think about Notion, you think it's better, because, like, you know, you got, like, an actual threat with Zod and, and his chums. So yeah. there's, you know, Zod and Co, and it's just, you yeah, know, Zod and Co. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got, you've plus he's got the nice story of him giving up his powers and realising, shit, what have I done, and then going back, you know. Um, and you can kind of, like, sort of, like, yeah, forget all the fact that, you know, it's not Marlon Brando and that you can kind of, like, yeah, just get by on that. Watching it now, you kind of go, oh, but the quality isn't so bad, isn't, isn't that good, oh, this doesn't work so well. Oh. That's where it really hurts it. That one scene. We'll get to that a bit technical later. elements that but kind of fall down I, a little bit, don't they? I think just in general, you can kind of see the penny pinching. You can kind of see like we'll get to it very yeah. early. Yeah. Um, it, it, but I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it. But when we do get to 
him giving up his powers, the Donner Cut takes a massive piss all over the theatrical version. Oh, in every conceivable way. It looks better, it's acted better, it's shot better, it's thematically richer. When he when he goes to get his powers back, it's less that something they've accidentally dropped. You know, it's it's it's, it's oh. so much better. When I say the Leicester film is better, I, I kind of almost don't mean it. I just cannot give the Donna film the edge because it's a curio. It's not quite It's realized. not complete. Yeah, it's not no. yeah. Becca, what did you make of Superman 2? Obviously, you just watched the theatrical, yeah? Yeah, I've only ever seen the theatrical version, um, unfortunately. But no, I, I quite like this as the sequels go. Um, at the moment, I tend to, I'm preferring it more than... Not, not that I really disliked the first Superman film. Um, but at the moment, I kind of I sort of like it a little bit more. So if I were to rank this one, I'd rank this one number one, and then Superman number two. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to watch... I've got... Um, what... Well, I'm going to call the Donner Cut, I'm sorry. Um, I'm well, to... it is called the Donner um, Cut. What we're saying is, it isn't the cut Richard Donner would have made in 1980. No. That's all we're no. saying. It's no, the look. best he could re- reconstitute 26 yeah, the, years later. All the footage that he has. Yeah, um, yeah and I've, I have it on DVD, and I've just never seen it. I don't, just never got around to it, um, even now doing this series. Um, but no, I'll definitely check it out, because I'm keen to kind of, you know, sort of compare and contrast the two. Um, I mean, just kind of mentioned the scene where he kind of goes inside the the sort of chamber and and loses his powers, as it were. Um, I think some of the some of the effects used in that scene in the theatrical version are quite interesting. Um, some of them seem like it might be this is going to sound really silly, but it might be a little bit of like sort of Raymond Briggs or you know the snowman, like kind of sort of eighty style hand drawn, just right. because perhaps it may have been so cheap. Might well um, have been. Um, but no, but certainly, in terms of, like the, the use of like the double and the kind of the split image, obviously where you've already got. Um, I like that. For identity, but literally you can see the two fusing. When we get to apart. when we get to it, I'll tell you that the way they do it in the the Donna version is not only better, but it doesn't telegraph the ending in quite the same way. Okay. And I'll explain when we get there, because if you've only seen the theatrical cut, clearly something is amiss at the end. Yeah, I did wonder about that. I was thinking, mm. what this makes no sense. <laughs> I, th- I thought I'd missed something, but now I'm kind of glad that I didn't. So we'll get to it. Yeah, um, but no. Anyway, overall, I I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's one of the better sequels, um, as far as sequels go. Yeah. And yeah, I I think it's a film that you could go anywhere from giving it a kicking to praising to high heaven. I, think I, I really as do. Far as the There's a lot wrong with it, but it, it's pretty solid in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, narratively and story wise, it's okay that you've got the nice emotional angle there as well. Um, but in terms of the the effects and the visuals, I'm like, I mean, even though it's no, twenty odd years old. I'm still a little bit like, oh, really? Oh, it's a bit creaky around the edges. But no, performance-wise, you know, all, all the cast give good value for money. Um, it's entertaining. Maybe a bit baggy in places, um, but otherwise, no, I, I enjoyed it. That's another point worth making. The Donner cuts are uh, ten, fifteen minutes shorter. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to watching it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Um, I mean, there's some parts of um, of Lester's take i like um some some of it is kind of on equal par like uh there's parts in um in zod in zod's delivery which um uh, is different in the donna than it was in the uh in the, in the theatrical um i think in uh, in donna's cut he's a lot more straight a lot more menace like menacing a lot more kind of forward and, and authoritative whereas um 
uh, in the theatrical, he's a little bit more. It's just a little bit more like puzzled the fact that like. It, it, it's just like, well, why why wouldn't I just rule? Why wouldn't I just be like the king of everything? You know, there's the there, there's like uh, I think there's there's I think there, there's there's line where he says like, oh, there's one man will uh, who uh, he, it was the one man who won't bow to you, and he's like, where where is this himself? <laughs> like <laughs> literally just like shrug is like. What an idiot! And, and, it's super uh, jokey, <laughs> but there's, um, but I think that the what the key is literally what he says to Lex is like, um, why do you say this? Well, you know I will kill you for. Literally perplexed, like I'm, I'm confused. Why, what, why would you? Just, I, I'll just kill you. I don't care. You know. Whereas in Donna, he's in Donnacut, he's a lot more like sort of like, just do but, it. Yeah, he's a lot more like, why would you say this when I know I will kill you for it? Like, really sort of, like, more menacing. more menacing. A little bit, but I kind of like both takes in it, so I don't, I don't know There which... are, as well, a couple of lines where um, the Donna went... I don't know if it's just to draw a distance and do something different, but there are... There's certainly one line in particular where the theatrical cut's better. They went with a different line in the Donna cut. It's like, nah, I prefer the other version. But as I say, we'll get to it when we get to it. The films open very differently. They reflect the fact that one was meant to finish in a different fashion. Okay. It carries straight on from one as though it's almost meant to be one film. And in this case, he pushes, said turning the earth back, he catches uh, one of the uh, nukes and pushes it into space. And it's that the explosion of that that frees them not the new start they've put on it in the theatrical version, which is based around um, a terrorist plot in Paris. <laughs> um, and I just think this is the first place that it looks cheap because one of the things in the original version was, uh, hang on, I've just forgotten something there. Should we discuss this film sequentially? <laughs> we're, <laughs> All right, yeah, we're, come on. We're, do, we're doing it anyway. We'll finish. Yeah, um, no, they, they have... Um, one of the things they got annoyed with with Donna is that he would wait for the weather or the light to be right, whereas Lester would just go, yeah, all right, whenever. So they shoot, like, Paris in pouring rain, which wasn't the intention at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got you've got Lois talking to some policeman and his shirt's getting wet, you know? It's just like... Uh, it looks yeah. a bit weird. I mean, I think it's quite interesting in terms of just that... Because you've got two very different visual styles of directors obviously it's just coming from kind of like um sort of kitchen sink background um hard days night that kind of thing as well um more like documentary kind of that as, as well. a kitchen sink film well no but it's, it's of there and obviously then well, it, sometimes it is it's it's just in in terms of like the way they're kind of the beatles are shown that's it this is an entirely different discussion that we're going to have but so i won't go into it now um but it's coming from that background um but it's basically that obviously being a sort of mini, well, it was the first ever music video apart from Biggles, but never mind, or Biggles even. Um, but I think in terms of like the way it looks as well, and like with the lighting and, and the contrast, um, it's, it's much more, especially in these opening scenes, it's very flat. I think they were going for more of like a, a comic book style, just everything crammed into one, you know, one kind of lots of lots of things in one frame rather than, I don't know, like it's just, yeah, it's too, it's, it's too different for me. I was just like, that's why it kind of looks kind of very, very much flat and very kind of staid and a, a bit shoddy, to be honest. Well, that's exactly what uh, Lester was going for, really. I mean, like, yeah. uh, when he got offered it, he he, he, he said, like, I've, I've 
never read anything remotely about Superman at all. You know, I wasn't allowed as a kid, and so he, oh, he really? was kind of yeah, it wasn't like a, a new thing for him. So must have been all the no. sex and drugs. <laughs> yeah, must have. Been. <laughs> like, he, he went into it, and he he obviously sort of oh, I'll, I'll make it a bit more like comic booky, more jovial. You know, he sort of I'll, you know well, I'll get Unpack. rid of like uh, quote unquote uh, get rid of David Lean type stuff. You know. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I think where where Donna, one of the most beautiful filmmakers of all time, well, you know, this this is this is going off IMDb. So uh... no, no, I believe I've heard similar, Chris. But <laughs> when you think like Lawrence of Arabia might still be the most beautiful film yeah. I've ever seen. Mm, certainly, uh, but it's just the like, 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 nope, no. I mean, you, you, whatever you think of like Superman the movie, despite all like some of its silly stuff that, that's actually in it. Um, it actually looks and feels like a fucking movie. Like, you know, it, it is a, a movie. So to sort of take that element away from an actual fucking movie, it's just a it's little bit... Da- it's a bit strange. Yeah. I, I... I mean, some of the effects don't, because, I mean, there's bits where he flies into Paris towards the Eiffel Tower, and when he actually grabs the elevator and flies up, there are parts where I'm thinking, that looks really pretty good for 1980 in yeah. terms of realism. But in terms of sort of composition, it looks really TV. It, yeah, I would have to agree. The, effect, the effect looks big budget film for its time, but the overall effect looks like television. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, that's, for me, that's the least of the problems because I kind of like checked out where it's like, oh, like, there's a terror attack in France, you know, like, oh, where's Lois? Oh, she's, she's over there right now. Well, that was fucking quick. Like, what she got, like how, how fast did she get there? Like, it just took yeah. me out of the film. Like, like, yeah. like, how fast was Concord back there, back in those days? I, you know, like, uh, but even, even if it was three and a half hours, you've still got to get to the airport and check in and all that. Like, no, that all, hours and hours all that itself. for a terror attack. Like, are you going to send your rope? And what does Lois do? Just get involved. Like, literally just, I'm going to sort of get, actually try and sneak myself in. Like well, any well, any effort whatsoever. I'll just distract. Yeah. I'll just distract. I'll, I'll uh, distract a police officer, and then that's enough to get me in there. Fucking I'll just sneak past. Yeah, yeah. Lois races up there. That's like, it's like Lois. What is your fucking plan? You could just what sneak in like a load of terrorists and got a hydrogen bomb for what a scoop? Like, <laughs> what is your plan here? I know, and the other thing is, so again, last week that that problem last week of them bodging an ending really does raise more questions than answers because Superman takes fucking ages to get there. <laughs> he d- he takes a lot. Literally, I was I was watching that scene and thinking, bloody hell, Superman, get a move on, you know. Yeah. Lois got the quicker than you, and she flew Concord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they took off at the same time. To be fair. No, I know, but it's just. But yeah, considering he flew around the earth, how many film. times in seconds? No, exactly. This um, is it. And he flies in there just in time for like the bombs already like about to go off. No, that's it. He got there at 007 seconds or something. Oh, fuck <laughs> it, it's only France. And, and what terrorists? I mean, like what they got hydrogen on top of the Eiffel Tower. What? Why on top of the Eiffel Tower? And what? Why the on the fu- top of it? Yeah. And why, why not? Why not? And, and why? Why the fuck? And, were they like radicals? Were they like he's sort of like yeah? What's what's their plan? Like yeah, we're gonna set a bomb off and kill ourselves. Why? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 we don't know what their demands were or anything. Do we? No, it was a bit of a kind of oddball. Though I did spot that one of them was Richard Griffith, Griffiths, aka uh, Uncle Monty yeah. from Vanilla Eye or Venom Dursley from Harry Potter. Fun fact, folks. Many other, yeah, many other TV roles. Yeah. 
passed away only a couple of years ago. He's a really, really pretty good character actor and a really good comic actor as well. It is just a, a plot device that they have to make different from Donna because obviously Lester needs to shoot a certain amount of new footage. They have to shoot something new because the end it wouldn't make sense with the end of the first film we got. And they need to get a nuke into space to get them or something into space to blow them out of the Phantom Zone. And then the three the three Kryptonians. That's the only point to this sequence, really. Yeah, I, I yeah, think get the explosion in space, really, isn't it? I do think it's probably elements of sort of give uh, Richard Lester like the director's claim, you know, to kind of like cut out what uh, Don originally had intended, uh, yeah. which is miles better, by the way. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I, in the Donner version, the film opens pretty much with the first. Hang on, this guy's. Clark is Superman, doesn't it? Isn't yeah. that pretty much the first it, scene after it, we get all the preliminaries? It's more or less. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I'm not sure how it was originally intended, but it does. I mean, like, I should say this should have said this from the beginning. What I did miss about that this was like the original title you had from the first Superman. You get that in the Donna cut or to uh, a more more of an extent, really. And, and, yeah, and, rather than rather than a montage. Yeah, rather than previously on Superman. Previously on Superman. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's um, yeah. The well, only thing I did like in the 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 little musical sting after we get the da 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 yeah, da, yeah. da that yeah. the Lester version is kind of missing from the Donna version, and I like that. But the rest of it again just gives you the idea that it's TV. Yeah. In, in sort of design of it. So you do miss that, but obviously they get out of the they get out of the Phantom Zone. I think they yell something like "Free" or "Freedom" or something like that, and then it cuts into the yeah. credits. Yeah, Terrence Stamp goes "Free," uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, gratuitously in, in the in the in the Donna one, it pretty much starts off like you know they're at the Daily Planet. Uh, they 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 talk, and then and Lois kind of like someone mentions something about like oh, um, she she basically it's basically what the doing the, the Ragnar 4 scene where Lois catches on right at the beginning of the film uh, shit Superman's never around when Clark's around yeah and, then and, she, a, and she parts and like putting two two together the paper. yeah and she starts putting a hat and glasses on him and goes like huh and then she literally walks in the office smug as pie going like uh, oh I'm feeling super today like nudging him and everything and it's like it's it's really well put I think it's a really good um, it, 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 also, it, it is, but what a fucking gambling mentality she's got, though. <sighs> she's seen a picture of Superman. Clark stood in the corner. She draws hat, coat, and tie on it and all that sort of thing on the picture and goes, wow, that looks exactly the same, and then jumps out the fucking window. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same thing she did in Night 4 where she basically just jumped, decides to jump in a river. But this, yeah. I suppose this one makes a bit more sense. I will get to that. Uh, when we get to the the Niagara Falls bit, but uh, I love how it plays out because like, because uh, he just sort of the way he plays it is just like he just sort of runs fastly out, blow uh, blows Lois into like the fruit stand to like, say safely, and then like she, goes back up and yeah, he's there like Lois, what have you done? Breaks her fall on the way down by slowing it down. Yeah. Uh, rolls out like an awning that she bounces off into like a fruit stand or something. Chris, we could come back to that in Chris's fruity corner later <laughs> <on>. <laughs> um, It's a nice scene. It, none of the, neither of these versions are perfect, but it it's nice. It's a nice little playful indicator of a theme that will come back through the film. And I think it's... Whereas it's, a it's good... dropped into the Leicester version a bit. Yeah, I think it's a good way to start off. Also, it's... Those, it's... 
it's always that thing of like, how can anyone be that stupid? How can you not know that Superman's Clark? It addresses that straight off the bat. Like, you know, we just had the first film, right at the beginning of the second film, they dress it, go like, huh, Lois is, Lois is twigged. Lois and then, is and, and then, and then it gets proven wrong, you know, so it's like, oh, okay, fine, I can carry on the rest of the film now. You know, yeah. so, um, yeah, it's a really nice, fun, playful way. It's not um, like your stereotypical something happens so we have to have a big action set piece it's kind of it's it's just really nicely well played and again because it's shot by donna it's back when margot's looking a bit healthier yeah and as she's drawing on the picture she's got like a tongue po- pointing out the side of her mouth yeah and it, it's just it's kind of cute and gutsy at the same time there's something in, in her portrayal i really like and the way it's shot yeah um on both versions the kryptonians at the same time are heading for the moon well, this this scene is actually quite terrifying when you think about it. Like, imagine like being those poor astronauts who just get mercifully killed. Yeah. By... Terrifying. Yeah. yeah it's it's cause obviously it's the nineteen. We'll start the nineteen eighties. So you've got obviously, um, detente to say between like US and and Russia. So and we see uh, Shane Rimmer again from Bond and Thunderbirds. Yeah, he's yeah, not. He's, he's not one of the astronauts, though. He's that. He's a. Uh, no, he's, he's not. He's in, he's in. Yeah. Mission Control. With uh, John Rasenberger, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, Rasenberger, from that's Cheers. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they basically start noticing they've got abilities and powers. I feel and bad for just... none though, because he kind of obviously in in space, he has immense powers, but well, kind of. But then when he gets when he arrives on Earth, he's just like Arr, he keeps trying, but. Yeah, yeah well, all that shit's cut out in the Donner. <laughs> it's all the goofy yeah. shit. Yeah. All the stuff of, like, you can't... It's not, it, it's not necessary and it's not that funny. It's not in the Donner version. Most of it is. I mean, most of the, most of the moon stuff is the same. Yeah. Um, and when they come to Earth. Do you still get the reaction from the guy who used to do the John Smith's adverts in the boat? When they land, I can't remember if that's in the Donna version. I don't. I I can't remember it. There's, there's, it's difficult. You don't always think about it because you see them close together. Um, uh, he was just in them in the eighties and nineties, I think. Um, okay. But yeah, the beats, the, 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 the beats of the story are still kind of similar, and at this point, they aren't vastly different in quality. Although the you know, um, I can't remember where we go from there though. Uh, well, basically, uh, it. it 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 is basic. It's the is same same as in both sides where the uh, <clears throat> yeah because we leave the Kryptonians for a while. Yeah, I watched the theatrical tonight and they don't come back till about fifty minutes in. No, they spend quite a long time, don't they? Because they um. Do we go straight they, to? They, yeah, they, they, they escape to yeah they escape to um like Luther and Mrs. Magrup escape in a balloon. Ah, that's it. Um, yeah, um, and then to Niagara Falls with the honeymoon scam. Now, if you watch the Leicester version of the film, i.e. the theatrical, not all of that voice is Gene Hackman's. No, he, he didn't come back for the sequel, did he? They kind of they had to cram bits in with like a voice, um, like a voice actor or a lookalike. Yeah. It's funnily enough, I didn't notice it the first few times I saw this. Maybe because I was a kid, but no, you once don't. you notice it, you cannot unnotice it, can you? <clears throat> yeah, cannot it, unsee. It's or on here. Yeah, it's, it's just pre- the bloke doing kind of a gruffish voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. 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 Mr.
and they go to uh, and again in the Leicester vote they go to the they go to the Fortress of Solitude having broken out of prison yeah I'm not that fond of the prison breakout again it's one of those things you don't think about because like how did when did they get all that holographic technology (laughs) into their cell yeah but okay they get out Otis is ditches Otis yeah Otis gets ditched at last because he's too fat that's the field tells us. He's like, oh, the I was like, oh, that's really hard. I don't like that very much, but that's okay. They yeah, head off cool. to the North yeah. Pole. It shot di- or wherever that will be a talking point later, actually, because we don't know where it, within the film it's meant to be. No, it's, um, not, it's uh, North, Mister Smacker, North, and it's yeah. like, okay. Uh, shot differently. It's kind of darker in one than the other. Some of the dialogue is different, and when they get to the fortress. This is the first time we see a big, big difference between the way the two directors have gone. Firstly, Lester puts a toilet joke in. I don't think that's in the Donna version. Oh, yeah. Why didn't you go before? <laughs> yeah, basically, she goes and she goes to the toilet and we hear it flush and it's like, I found it. And that, um, that's the last time we see Miss Tessmarker as well. That's it. She's yeah, just you, you, from you tell now work, on. literally one director ends and the other one takes over because she just vanishes from the film and there's no explanation given. There's, there isn't in the other version. I think. No. Yeah. Well, it's obviously because he got fired. So. No, no. Well, I think for us, I can't really see a reason for it to be in the film beyond that because she broke Lex from prison and then she's there to break him out. That's it. And, then, and that's and, all. Yeah, that's she's done. So. Yeah. There might be a scene where, like, you know, you see him go back. I can't remember if that's a deleted scene or not, where they go, like, okay, we've got, you know, go back to, you know, uh, New York. South, Mr. Yeah, yeah. But, but, South, Mr. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and that's it. And then she pops up in a deleted scene as well, which kind of, like, explains that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's no real reason for it to be other than just sort of tag along with Lex, really. It's just, you know, I mean, next time you see Lex. He's walking in the demolished White House. So, yeah. I, now, no... Warners go to Warners go went to the Brando estate. Brando dying in two thousand and four, mm. and asked for permission to use his likeness. Um, so the Donna version has Marlon Brando in it. So where you see the poem about a tree, which I think was read by his mother in the mm-hmm. Lester version, it's it's actually Brando. So oh, okay. we see him. Yeah, we see him. Which at this stage doesn't make a great deal of difference because why wouldn't his mum read him a poem? No. It's later it makes a big difference, but you do notice that the two films are going in slightly different directions. Okay. And it's like, oh, Brando back again. Um, <laughs> I'll so, get rid of him. No, <laughs> but um, yeah. So it cut, it cut interchanges between all that stuff going on, and then with you know Zon team. Going to Earth and kind of making a fuss, and Clark and Lois on a honeymoon thing. So it kind of has to sort of play in a way that uh, Superman or Clark isn't aware that Zod's coming just yet, and uh, and then before he actually arrives on it, he's all he's like in Alaska kind of stuff. So there is all that stuff going on. Yeah. Um, so basically, Perry White sends him on a, a honey like to investigate a honey room racket. It's like it's, <laughs> which is just why would you do that? <laughs> it's like they're they're, they're extorting you know, young honeymoon couples and like with, like with what bad service at riff off prices. What, what does it mean? What does it mean? I don't, I don't even get what they're there to investigate. <laughs> it's like well, you know, this place is a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just a bit. It's just a ruse, really. Yeah, isn't I it, can for them confirm to... it's a bit tacky. Well, I've stayed in Niagara Falls, and 
it's a lot smaller than that, but my hotel room did not look massively different. It was a hell of a lot smaller, but it was really tacky. But as they, I think you get the same entrance to the room, uh, less of the sort of sexual talk from the guy showing them in. And then it cuts in the Donna version to test footage. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think, well, we get the, no, sorry. We get the bit at Niagara Falls first yeah. where the boy falls in due to some of the worst parenting you'll ever fucking see. I mean, He's an idiot first, child. In the first film, we get the kid getting the shit kicked out <laughs> for lying. Yeah, he's like, and you're going to embarrass film, me in front of everybody. And it's like, well, oh. you, 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 you know, they've got a kid playing on the wrong side of the railings. Yeah. Right did. by a death trap and his parents, like, not paying any attention. No, they're not. She's, like, looking at a map and eating candy floss. It's like, no, look after your child. The falls aren't that deep. That that kid falls for what feels like weeks before Superman gets there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it is like the bottom of the pit. It's like, oh, I'm falling. Oh. <laughs> I like it. If you watch the second Resident Evil film, there's a scream like that, and they fall about four feet. It's really funny. But anyway, um, I, I, don't know, I, I don't know what investigating they're doing. They're just wandering around the falls and like, Chatting. Yeah, it. undercover as well. They're undercover. As a couple, <laughs> so, they've got so, to hold hands. They got they got like right an article how this hotel is shit. How it doesn't provide yeah. good service and is is overpriced. Well I'm, I'm pretty certain that, you know, um many hotels are probably like that and they probably get like bad reputation and people don't go so they have to either up the game or drop the price, you know, one one or two. So And and normally, presumably, if they've got a pose as a honeymoon couple, you just send Lois, but you send someone a bit cheaper from the typing pool or something, or vice versa. (laughs) I I don't know, you send your two top reporters. (laughs) Who's gonna write this up? It's fucking nonsense. (laughs) It's a bit of a ruse really, isn't it? Yeah. And then yeah. And so, in both versions, Superman saves the boy. Yeah. Um, Good. Now, in what, what, the th- what do you think of the uh, of the reveal? How's that handled? Well, the theat- let's talk about the theatrical version first. Uh, that then cuts to Lois basically jumping in the water. Yeah, it's, it's basically said, like well, I, yeah, I stake my life on it, and then hops in, expecting to be saved by Superman. Yeah. Now. I I think this is dumb as well. I mean, like I mean, I suppose when going into it, you'd think, okay, this is basically the same as uh, what happens in the in the Donna film, and the same sort of logic. But what mm. what you see what happens? You see Lois Lane sort of getting dragged across the water. Like how like she like Clark could easily just go like, oh no, I'll be Superman and go in to go and save her and then fly off and then come back as. I'm going to come back and I'll start running off as Clark. Because by the time, like, Clark has had to physically start running, pegging after her. And it's like, how would she even know that that wasn't Superman? Like, that like that theory just won't prove anything. Because Clark would just go in, save her, Superman, fly off, and then then and then just, like, sort of disappear and then come back, run down the road going, like, Lois, oh, my God, what happened? You know? And it's like, well, you've not proved anything. You've not, like, seen him turn into Superman or anything. You wouldn't be able to see shit. You just... So... It, like watching it now, it's like my god, this this idea is so dumb. Um, but yeah. Now the Donna version is well, we still don't have the reveal, so let let's go on a stage with the. Oh, okay. They're back in this shitty hotel room. <laughs> it's um, very pink. It's very pink. Silly sag. Like, right when they first go into that room, and he sits on the bed, and it's like, golly, it's alive. That's meant golly. to be funny. <laughs> it moves. Um, yeah. Uh, now in this one, he trips over like a bearskin rug or something. 
they have, it, they, have, they have it in the, the theatrical one as well. It's kind of no, this is the theatrical version. Yeah, the theatrical show. Yeah. We never see the inside of that room as it is there oh. in the Donna version. This Didn't whole sequence of her sat there and him walking around and then tripping and falling into the fire, which it's is fire, yeah, and, being, and being fine, um, isn't there. But this is just weird. It's very, it's all kind of a bit, um, I don't know, very, well, it's obviously very contrived, isn't it? And it's just like, oh, cringe. What, let, how do we do the reveal? Let's have him trip over? <laughs> I just fall into the fight or you're fine I mean Christ his foot should have gone right through that rug you know what I mean yeah just... and the other th- the one thing I will say for the theatrical version and I think it's something we would have got in the Donna version had it been restaged and done properly is Christopher Reeve is magnificent in this scene in the it's, theatrical it's version where he, where, where he realises he can't hold the pretense and says we, we need to talk we need to talk um, I think he's fantastic. Like, we really, really need to talk. <laughs> That's better than anything in the Donna version because they use test footage and we'll come on to that in a minute. Oh. But I love the way he reacts here. I think it's fantastic. He does a brilliant performance all the way through. I just, I, I think I prefer his performance in, in this film um, to the first one. I, I, I agree with you, Dave, that um, uh, Chris Reeve is, is great in this and in both versions, but um, I, I do prefer, it, despite it being a test footage, I do prefer... Uh, the take on it as well. I prefer the setup and I prefer the performances as well. I think they. I are... don't. I don't. I prefer the setup. I don't agree on the performances. Let's go to the Donna version. Then. Okay. So in the Donna version, we've just had this bit where Superman saves the boy. They're back in their hotel room. Uh, Lois is sat kind of at her dresser. So it's a very similar kind of setup. Yeah. And it, it's it's cutting between two different bits of test footage. Margot Kidder looks the same in both. Well, it, well, it's only one shot of Margot Kidder. One, one uh, hair is a slightly lighter colour. They've obviously dyed it darker in the final film. Lighter, not light. Just kind of a slightly sandier brown. Um, but it cuts between soups. Christopher Reeve, more the size we know him in these films, but with big puffy hair, wearing like a tux. Um, and him looking like a beanpole with slicked back hair in a tux with different is it like, glasses is, is, it notice, is it like noticeably different? Oh, yeah. no, no, it's, it's not even remotely the same, Becca. Oh, oh dear. Scene. It's cutting between two different performances, two different tests. And it's very stagey as well. And the, okay. it's very stagey. It sounds just, terrible. It's just shot for reference. This is just a test, right? And the thing happen? is, bear in mind, they'd written a version of two before they even started. Yeah. So they can use scenes from this for test footage. And the, the scene where the scene, the, the, the reveal is shot, is is the shot from him with the slick back hair looking thinner, which I think is earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I don't quite like the way he plays it. But the thing is, it's just for a test. What she does is she said, I made the mistake I made was risking my life, not yours. And then she points a gun at him and he begs her not to. He says, he says, no, no, Lois, what are you doing? And she fires and there's a split second. And then he stiffens up a bit like he, when he stands up straight in the first film and a little yeah. bit like you see in the hotel room in the Leicester cut. Though, okay. so in my opinion, and Chris is quite welcome to disagree, not as good as either, largely because it's two or three years earlier. It's test footage. He hasn't had as much time in the role. No. And then he says, uh, Lois, and he, he again, very like the test, he's over-mannered in the Superman persona. But he takes off the glasses and said, if you'd been wrong, you would have killed Clark Kent. And she says, with a blank? 
gotcha. <laughs> and the way she oh. does that is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Margot Kidder is as good in that scene as any scene she's ever in. Christopher Reeve less so. Because he eats... Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think it, what what kind of endears me about it is it's the pickup scene from um, Christopher Reeve. You know, when he says "gotcha," he kind of like he kind of goes "oh, busted." He kind of like looks out like almost like knowingly, but like kind of like you yeah. like "oh, for God's sake, got not been suckered by that," you know? Yeah. Um, you think, it, well, surely you'd feel the bullet hit you. Or, or anyway, but yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, but it's I, okay. I, I think the setup is. I think you can't ask for a better way to do that. You know, I think that is um it's better perfect. than tripping over the most <laughs> it is of all time. it is but it also like shows off like you know lois actually sort of thinking a bit you know actually using her brains you know <clears> like if, if you'd have had lois's performance from the test and and appearance because like i say she gets quite emaciated in some of the two footage and you had the quality of christopher reeve's performance from the theatrical version and it's staged properly like a film with a Jeffrey Unsworth sort of shoot, I think it would have been something really special. Yeah. As it is, it's the one reason I've got to limit my praise for this film because we can't see what it would have been. We can only kind of no, guess. I I agree, Dave. I I think it would have been better had it, you know, obviously because it would have should have been shot better and, and Christopher Reeve would have had more time and um, experience in the role by this point. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I yeah. Knocking. It's like a test footage of a very I, young actor. I just I just still think you know Christopher Reeve is still great. And I think the the way Margaret Kidder is, and Margaret I think, Kidder's awesome and I think, time. and I think, like you know, just what what makes it is how Chris Reed just does just stiffen up, so he's like the gun and shot is fired. He kind of like he, he does go like straight into it, and he and he takes. But off there's his, a moment he, take, he takes he off, stiffens, yeah. and then he doesn't move again for a split second because he's like, I've stiffened up. Now what do I do? Yeah, he, and she actually says to him before she fires it, "Don't don't fall down because you'll only have to get up again." Yeah. She's she's just saying. Well, I don't know where you're going to fake anything. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just it's just great. I mean, like you know, we, we stip, he stiffens up. He kind of like drops the act like instant insane because he knows he's got nowhere to go. He takes off the glasses and trying to take like an authority of like like tell off approach. It's like can't believe you did that, Lewis. That's very stu- you know reckless. Um, <laughs> only to have that kind of sort of debunk right in front of <laughs> right from his eyes but yeah i i, I kind of look I, I think a point it's more the setup for me but i generally i i can i think christopher reeve is still great in it mild kiddo especially but christopher so, reeve is very very special in the in a not so great scene in the theatrical version yeah when he realizes he's got to be just himself that's that's the sort of yeah that's some of the best acting we've we've seen in this role yeah I mean, Chris is great, anyway, isn't he? But yeah, he does. And then he takes him off to the fort. He takes her off to the fortress of solitude. <laughs> for, a good then... old <laughs> for a good old rogering. For a good old rogering. And a now, souffle. Now, <laughs> With champagne. Um, when I watched, when you watch the theatrical version, um, <laughs> firstly he flies off to get some fruit, uh, some flowers for dinner. Yeah, he goes, he goes to the uh, goes to the jungle to get some nice, you know, nice flowers for the table. He comes back and he goes, you know, let's eat, and he's holding a load of flowers. I'm presuming that's for the table, but I've never. <laughs> food he's picked up so I'm he has like, a great big bag of something as well doesn't he so. I assume they're going to eat berries and flowers <laughs> the chances are where's the oven it, he's, <laughs> he's probably flown there just for he, the flowers he looks at it he cooks it with his eyes and be like oh. on the way back <laughs> got a takeaway got Chinese twigs and berries or something well <laughs> there's, there's actually a, a deleted scene where you actually see him cook a souffle with his eyes 
Yeah, that's it. He just looks at it and cooks it with gag. his. Yeah, they actually use that gag, and it's just like. It's like gag. <laughs> yeah, it's always, he also like, well, I've, I've never done this before. And this this in the theatrical version, which is the one I've watched most recently. Firstly, how blue are his fucking eyes? He does have really blue eyes. Um, but it's really, it does drag a little bit. But then they've got to have a bit of a passage of time because the Kryptonians are wreaking havoc. And he needs to be... Um, distracted to say the least we in just, the th- um, sorry uh, go on. Clifton James makes a cameo as well as Redneck Sheriff yeah that must have been a stretch for him <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not Redneck but he just you know how, how was that loves he said when, it, when the director yelled cut um, <laughs> that <was> my dear? <laughs> the thing is I, I always think of this film when I watch uh, the first Thor film oh, right. because the first Thor film is the one oh. film in Phase 1 that tells me Marvel were once fairly cheap. Because the set they build for 4 is like just like a couple of blocks of some town. And yeah. it looks shit. Now, someone might correct me and tell me that's a real town, but it just looks built for a film. When they go to, like, they, they come to Earth, and the first place they go is this really cheap-looking little set. We, anywheresville. It looks shit. It was yeah. to Houston, Texas, but... <laughs> Yeah, planet, it might have been just planet Houston. Is it meant to be Houston, Texas? Because like Houston's sadly a bit I've, bigger than that, surely. Yeah, sadly, I've never been. <laughs> it might be another Houston. I don't know. But whatever. It looks well, you good. know, he, he only says Houston because that's what the uh, NASA are based. So he, he just assumes, ah, oh, Houston. So Houston, yeah, the yeah. so planet must be called yeah. Houston. Yeah, they, they think they're going to planet Houston, but actually, it's planet yeah. Earth. But but anyway, you know, I just thought I'd um, mention that you see GW. Well, obviously not GW yeah, in this as, film, uh, but. As an officious uh, redneck policeman, he's a bit what more tame. He's a bit more tamer than uh, Pepper is, isn't he? He's he a, is. Yeah, this time he's, he's, he's letting his subordinates not gobbing off as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's a bit more kind of laid back in this in this movie than he is as uh, GW but but even now, I still have to check. Like, is he? Ba- is that basically like a, an in sort of? Is he basically playing the same character? But uh, <laughs> like me, no, he's just typecast, isn't yeah. he? He's just a kind of, yeah. you know. And bear in mind, this may have been in the original shoot and Tom Mankiewicz was involved. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking. You've got the Mankiewicz connection there, haven't you? Um, There are similarities. Uh, I don't like this very much. And we we seem to have them being... The other thing is, there seems to be some telekinesis now because he heats up the gun and then brings it to him with his eyes. (laughs) And you think... Well, why didn't fucking Clark do that with Lois when she's going up <laughs> out the door? I'd just fucking drag her back with my eyes. It's uh, It gets silly in a couple Cause, of cause, weeks' Because it would have like killed her with the heat or something, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. In a couple of weeks' time, you're going to see some more interesting powers. Yeah. yeah uh, what, more interesting than the, the than, the, than the Super S shield thing that he just... Uh, 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 it's a cheaper rough, effect. But rough yeah. around plastic shield. That's bad, but, that's bad, but there, there is one that's arguably as bad in a couple of weeks' time. What's uh, <laughs> this wrap around shield? I love uh, that. They, yeah, they go to the Great Wall of China. I'll say no more. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm only saying that to clue, clue, in Chris, to clue Chris into what I'm on about. Yeah. Um, Better than going to Milton Keynes. Which yeah. isn't really Milton Keynes. That's <laughs> not a superpower, though, is it? No, it's not. Don't they, don't they actually <laughs> know? Don't I they think... actually do the similar sort of thing with the um, uh, the Mount Rushmore? Both uh, Zod and Superman both do like the same sort of thing. Uh, yeah. yeah uh... So you've got now that this is where the cuts do diverge quite a bit because 
in the um, theatrical version, he has a spot of dinner with her. She goes off to change into like your granny's tablecloth or something. They don't yeah, dress her very well. Sort of, no, she wears like obviously pastel colours sort of coming in like in the yeah, well, first well, but... off, I thought she was wearing something sheer and I thought she had no pants on. Then I realised she was just wearing dark knickers it, or something. It's rather, <laughs> it's rather skimpy for being in the middle of the Antarctic, isn't it? It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not very nice. No. Uh, the theatricals, it's much cuter in the theatrical, I mean, Donna, but we'll get to it. But they have a spot of dinner. She goes off to change, and when she comes back, he's talking to his mother. Um, she gives him pretty similar spiel to what his father, but it's played with nowhere near the same weight. And it's it's just kind of, well, if you want to live as one of them, you have to be one of them. Um, and you can be hurt like an ordinary man. And she, he says, it's all I've ever wanted. He goes into the chamber and then you get that lovely split effect where he steps away and Superman's there sort of fading away. That bit's quite nicely done. And then he leads her straight to the sort of space hammock for a shag. <laughs> space hammock. Sorry, I romanticised it there, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he loses his powers almost immediately and you could almost interpret it that to be with her he has to relinquish his powers even physically to be with her sexually in the um, Donna cut he sleeps with her before, while he still has his powers I did sort of wonder about that I was thinking well if he's Superman surely you'd want to make the most of that whilst he's still Superman well, I, I certainly what, would what you mean look look at look at look at Look at my rates, my you know, what's it, revolutions per second or something? Yeah, <laughs> I can't. You know, yeah, if, well, you, if you had a chance, what, faster than a say, speeding bullet. Whilst he can go like, a, whilst he can go like a Black and Decker. <laughs> I was like, you should have woman, Lewis. You could have, blows, you know, blows her fucking brains out. Um, <laughs> he doesn't check with her either. It's like, well, I love Superman. Oh shit, I'm gonna. And the thing is, we don't know if he's ever had sex before. He spent twelve years at Space University. <laughs> I mean, she, basically, she falls in love with Superman. He instantly gives up her power, comes out with a, a bit of a bowl haircut, and then has, like, 12 seconds of sex with her. <laughs> I, I just think you'd be a bit disappointed. <laughs> but in the, in the Donna... Oh, right, another key, and I'll come to it, is he... I'll come into why later. He goes into the um, unit, and it's this terrible, tiny little box that he's in. Uh, and he comes out dressed in completely different clothing. He goes into Superman and he comes out in a white shirt and sort of trousers, which I don't fully understand, but fine. I, th- no, I, th- I think that's quite interesting because... No, um, it's a nice effect, Yeah. but I'll get to what the problem is with that in a bit. Now, um, in the Donna version, they sleep together, they spend the night together. He comes out, when, uh, she comes out in the morning and she's literally wearing like his Superman top. And it actually looks quite cute because it's Mar- Margot Kidder on the original shoot when she looked a bit healthier. And it looks quite cute, you know, as it often does when like a partner wears his T-shirt or whatever. Um, and he's talking to Jarrell. Now, he looks like Superman in that he's got the hair slicked back and everything, but he's wearing casual clothes. He's wearing like a white shirt and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's a much testier conversation, even mm-hmm. though even though a lot of what they're saying to each other is either similar or, or literally the same. He's much pissier, isn't he, Chris? Yeah, I mean, like, well, um, is it uh, Joel basically sort of, uh, because it's like, so is this what you desire, you know, for your own selfish uh, needs? And you're selfish? 
you know, after all, after all I've given these people, bear in mind, like, literally, the first one's happened, and uh, as far as he's, he's already done, as far as we know, he's saved Lois Lane from a helicopter crash, um, stopped a few, like, um, high-class burglar, burglaries happening. Got that cat out of a tree. And got a cat out of a tree. No. Um, <laughs> That's basically it because apart from all because you know apart from all the sort of missile shit everyone's forgotten about because he's turned up turned back time so no one knows anything about that. Yeah, but all. he knows and Jarrell knows. So that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that's like um, you know. Uh, but it's much more. What about me? Yeah, he's not suddenly a bad guy, but there's nuance there. There's like it's not that he's a bad guy and doesn't care about people. It's just but what about me? You know, I'm in love. When do I get my time? My yeah. chance. And Jarrell's basically saying to him you're being selfish. You can't put one of them above the rest. And it sort of follows on from the first film where he's luxuriating in his own powers in that extended cut. Yeah. And Jarrell's saying, well, just, you've just got to learn to control it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this whole theme of, of him being about himself sort of comes back and it, and it, it will come back a little further in the film. It's only two or three scenes away, but it's so much different because in the Lester cut, as they head off after he's, you know, takes her to bed, we notice that that green crystal, they've just dropped it. That's literally it. They've just dropped it. He just finds it. It's just like, just, oh, he'll find it. If he wants it, he can come get it. Later on, when he goes in, it's like, oh, there it is on the floor. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then, no explanation of how it works. He just sort of like looks at it, tips it a little bit as if it's like, oh, okay, a little bit of flu comes out and then next thing you know, and then, oh, he's yeah, super- and then later on, you see him back as, you know, Superman and, you know, if, uh, would you care to step outside? Mm. Yeah, that was a bit uh, random. I was like, hmm, okay, just lands on the that's floor. That's a better like, line. Okay. That's a better line. We'll come back to it. But the next time we see him in the theatrical, he says, care to step outside? And I love that line and I love the way he delivers it. It's like, yes. Um, the, the, the line in the Donna cuts uh, crap, but what comes up. Um, so he is then put in the, so he then loses his powers in much the same way as you see in the, um, theatrical version the difference is he goes in looking one way comes out looking much the same the next time you see them they're pulling into that diner in, just outside mm. the diner get home god knows who what? says they've gone home if they might still be in alaska or wherever it is yeah but as i say we don't we don't know where this thing is it's just north somewhere so you know the arctic but it's like this, this is, is, do they this fly is, do they hitch a ride or? <laughs> this is more south of I always thought that, like, in the, in certainly in the theatrical version, and I think it's still there in the Donna version to a degree too. I always get the impression that, like, Lois falls in love with Superman. Superman takes her somewhere. He immediately gives up her powers. Probably has disappointing sex with her. Then he takes her to a diner, gets the shit kicked out of him, and then walks back by himself. It's almost like that's yeah, what it looks like. That is I'm what not, it looks I'm like. Not as interested now, Frank. Unsuccessfully hitches right, you know, hitch a ride back. That is what it looks like. But those two saying those two scenes are exactly the same. He goes into a diner. It's shot by Donna. You can tell by looking at Margot Kidder. Um, he gets the shit kicked out of him rather quickly. Actually, literally the first time he goes. Yeah. You let's fight them fighting words. He he does like he he does sort of. Oh, you know the guy is a grade A prick. He's like kind of wanting to fight, but he does kind of like go, kind of step outside, which is, which alludes to next um, later on. Yeah, because I think he wants to, something to prove. It's like, no, I can do this without my powers. I can stick up. I can be the guy. 
Uh, and then when he just gets punched down and it's like you see his own blood for the first time. Uh, Christopher Reeve's great in this, by the way. You know, he's like... I think, he, I when think he's on the floor, he's in his own blood. It's yeah. just really... Because it's, it's quite a big thing for him to go from being God, essentially, um, and I, I, to a mere mortal. The thing that confuses me, though, Becca, is in both versions, the film ends with Lois heartbroken. Um, but she only loves Superman. She doesn't love Clark because no. when she says she says I want the man I fell in love with, she said he said she said he says something like he's not here. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, he's, I yeah that, he's, Lois, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, it's like um, I know that. Lois. But then you've got the super kiss at the end, and she forgets everything. Not in um, the, the not in the Donna, but what comes? No, to but that. no, but in the theatrical edit though. In both so. versions, they head back to the. Um, he heads back to the fortress. Yeah. But, but by the way, like in the, wouldn't you, I don't know what he would have. What wouldn't that guy get banned though? Like after the, the guy just punched up a load of, like punched like a random guy and broke the a load of stuff. Of <laughs> the owner's scared of him. He pushes him. when when he goes back in both cuts. When he goes back at the end of the film, yeah. And the um, the owner nervously says, "But I've only just had this place done up or whatever." Just pushes him in the face. He's a classic bully. The owner's the owner's scared of him. Mm. Yeah, he's a bastard. Really. I don't, I don't like Ron character. But Obviously, we're meant, meant to hate him, but. In both versions, they go back to the for- he goes back to the fortress. I don't know when the truck driver who drives him back there like pulls over. I don't know where he asks for. No, does he jump? He jumps in. And says, yeah. Take me to the fortress of solitude. <laughs> Where's that? Who are Lord. you, um, Clive Smith? <laughs> um, and so he's like released up- my alter ego, <laughs> At the same time, all the um. Uh, White House stuff is happening. Very similar in both cuts, I think. Okay. Um, no, I think the, I think obviously the the whole thing between obviously going between the red, not sorry, not, not red, red and white. Um, going between the red and blue, um, and then just coming out of molecular chamber, what it was. Um, it's, it's just like visual shorthand, really, isn't it? Saying okay, I've gone from being Superman to every man, every normal man. But um, I think it's a bit of a lazy way of doing it the effects are quite nice yeah but um, isn't it a giveaway at the end of the film it's a dead giveaway because he goes giveaway. into the chamber not only is the lighting completely different but he comes in dre- out dressed exactly the same exactly there's but an it, but ambiguity for the donner cut it does it kind of you kind of think oh is he isn't he you know is he playing up but then obviously when he sort of you know it's, it, it, it does kind of spoil the ending of it and it gives it and away the, and it's like oh. but and i think it's, it's an interesting is, visual cue though he's co- he's much cooler in the donner version because he's still got like his superman hair even though he's dressed mm. It's still it's still Superman. Yeah. Whereas when he says I love her and all the rest of it in the normal version, he sort of he's not, even though he's still in the outfit. It's it's quite right. Not quite the same effect. It it makes a lot more sense in in uh, this version, doesn't it? Sure. It Um, makes more sense as well, and it's not a visual giveaway that when he walks out of the chamber, it's like well, nothing's changed. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, but I think in the Donna version, when he gets his powers back. You know, as you say, Dave, it works so much better. Uh, it actually means something. You know, there's actually a well, point to it. We're going to come to that. Yeah, we're going to come to that right now. He goes back to the Fortress of Solitude in the theatrical version, and he looks the same in both. In that, you know, he he looks just damaged from the diner, yeah. slightly puffy hair. He walks in. Um, the place is in darkness and everything else. Like the the changing the molecular structures kind of wrecked the place in you know, that chamber thing. And he spots it on the floor, and that's it. Oh. That's it. It's just like, okay. he's, he's just found his get-out-of-jail-free card. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> and there it is. There you go. No explanation of, like, what that means, what that does. Or how he manages no. to use it's it. It's just like, again. oh, there's a, there bit, it is. there's a bit more Krypton power here. And then, like, 
Oh, you said they are family shit. I wonder where that was. You know, it, it's with all the it's with all the weight of like finding your keys, mm. right? It um the the Donna version, Chris. Uh yeah, well much, essentially much, he much better. He basically he basically comes back and speaks to um Jorel, and uh, he says like father made a mistake, and Jorel basically says like, well, I knew you did you knew you would do this uh make this fail. Ego, I told you, you so. Yeah, basically you silly boy. Yeah. Much um, more elegant than that, but yeah, basically. But, yeah. <laughs> but pretty, 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 I but, tried to warn you. I tried to warn you, son. But uh, but you know, but I need I need you to do this. So, um, give me one one last one last thing. But we'll never speak again. Yeah, it will it will take all my kryptonian all all the power. So, but, so essentially, it will like anything. That, does that make, leave the force solitude completely like renderless? So you won't be able to sort of. There's an ambiguity to... to that, although obviously we, we, we deal with the fortress at the end of the, that version of mm. the film. But it, it, whatever tiny bit of life force of Jorel is in those crystals yeah. that is generating an interactive consciousness of him will be drained. So Jorel's already dead. He's been dead for years. But effectively, he's going to lose his father a second time because of his own selfishness. Jarrell summons enough power to create a physical form of himself, and he walks over and he puts his hand on on Clark's shoulder, and Clark immediately goes into what is almost like a fit. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying not to make fun of it because yeah, he, he goes into like basically it's like a big sort of surge of like light, power. light, and he just sort of like gets like absorbed. I mean, like as you, you would see, really, and you see Jarrell just drop away. Yeah, so. Clark's behavior Plus also, hasn't, don't you get it the... hasn't been it's not just oh well I can have a second go he has paid the ultimate price that he's lost his yeah. dad a second time um, and doesn't he have like the father becomes a son son become father am I just misremembering that a little bit I don't remember that okay bit. maybe well, I'm misremembering but, but yeah but, but it makes more sense to allude to that kind of thing as well you know it's um, it yeah it just works something because it feels like you've earned something there's a sacrifice to that um it's, you know, it's just so much better than like, oh, here we are. <laughs> it's it's the biggest quality difference between the two films, in my opinion. Yeah. No, you I'm... can look at other scenes and say that's not shot as well or whatever. But the one thing where you go, you've just removed all the thematic weight. The Salkind's trying to be cheap after such a big success have gone, oh, what does it matter? It could be his mum. It's still his mother. Mm. But... I'm not playing down the role of a mother at all. What I'm playing down is the relationship with his mother compared to the relationship with his dad. He spent 12 years with his dad. His dad gave up his own life to save his the first time round. Um, and he's just had to do it again. And it's so, I don't think the overall film is necessarily a lot better, but I think that is the one film that is the one scene that in a version of this done the first time round would have launched this mm. to the front of the queue. This would almost by itself have made this the best Superman film. And uh, we lost it, sadly. Yeah, but we got it back. No, that's a in, shame. In some way. But yeah, um, so basically uh, Zod's now ripping the shit out of everything. Um, Zod, Zod so they head, they've head to Metropolis now. Yeah, so, so, yeah so they, they, go, they go around, they sort of like zap uh, Mount Rushmore into their own likeness just by lasering, <laughs> lasering them. Well, that's a pretty, fly by laser. You think you'd have to practice that, wouldn't you? Yeah. But they fly no, they by and just perfectly. make some fucking mess of it. It's like, oops. 
<laughs> well, yeah, they're really good at art um, back in Krypton. Uh, <laughs> but in, in the, think of it in but the, the Donner Cut, he, he, you see him like knock out uh, the um, one of the monuments in Washington as they go, as he go fly to the White House. That's right. Yeah, they knock down the Washington Monument. Um, no. Uh, it, uh, and it looks really yeah. cheap, really bad special effect, by the way. Oh, shit, it really is. <laughs> yeah. But then, let, I mean, Donna's, Donna's a better filmmaker of the two of them. I think he had a better affinity for the material. But let's not pretend he was perfect. You know, his version would still have bits. You'd go, oh, we're not sure about yeah. that, and that's one bear, of them. Bear, bear in mind, this cut was done on the cheap, so he just needed, like, an extra shot. So it's just like, it's like the missile. You can tell, you can tell the missile was just done, like, on a 90s yeah. PC. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah. Basically, go to the White House, and there, there is a differences in the two versions here. There's the in in Donna version, uh, there is more clear deaths. You know, like Zod, she picks up a gun and starts shooting people. You know, um, you know. I, there, there, there are some parts of it where I it, noticed it, that in the Leicester cut today, with um, back back when they were in that small town, yeah, and they blew that 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 car up. Yeah. And you have to see the you have to get a shot of him getting out, a bit yeah. woozy, very like the eighteen. Yeah, the only, the only bit. Yeah, dif- I thought about that as well. The only different is the helicopter where you don't see anyone go like walk out. I mean that then both cuts anyway the helicopter bit. But I think yeah. with, when it comes to Donner, he does remain the fact that no people are actually dying. Um, the you know military or whatever are coming in and they're dying. Though I do think when Ursula does hit people like flatly on the chest thing well that would fucking kill them as well wouldn't it you know? yeah you've like, just put you've just exploded their hearts you just like basically yeah. crushed yeah. their crushed their ribcage like smash you know yeah. Yeah, um, some i think that i think the leicester cut's got that sort of arm wrestling joke in it that's not in the donna version as well and it is a problem as we go on as i say that the, the whole piece of the leicester film might be more cohesive but i think chris has hit on something there that there's such a mismatch of t- of tone that the Leicester film wants it both ways. It wants to put people in peril, but no, they're all right, really. And then it wants to have grave peril with a city panicking, but silly sight gags as well. Yeah. And that's, Donna that's doesn't the do this. Half of this film, it's really, I, I really do struggle with that part because it, it descends into being like an action film. Uh, not action, sorry. It descends into being a disaster movie um, and a quite bad disaster movie at that. Which it doesn't really, it's like it's a big tonal shift for me, and I really struggled to deal with it. It, it does make me think, what the fuck were they thinking adding this shit in? You know, it's like it, I think yeah. I think it was a quote from the Musketeer films because the Musketeer uh, films had like these little sort of weird man and bits of humour that I suppose for that was a little bit charming. But when you completely just throw that into like a sequel to a film that's been previous, it just seems like what? Why are you doing this? You know, and. Given the gravitas of what is actually happening on the screen, you think you got three basically supervillains tearing shit up. Um, <laughs> why jovialise some parts of it? It's like I don't know. It's a bit too serious. Like, let's throw a bit of fun here just to remind people that you know, <laughs> you know, it's not so much of a downer. It's like, well, he kind of ruined the. Uh, so it's, it's a good kind of showcase. Have... Sorry. No, go on. I was gonna say it's a good showcase for a lot of like in-camera effects um, and. You know, not so good, like decent special effects. I think some of the best effects um, are during the scene. For time, I think this is for its time, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I compared, really compared to other effects that we see previously in the film that I think are terrible. And the but thing is, yeah. whilst you could do a lot more now, um, when you compare it to something like Man of Steel, which is vastly more impressive in one regard, but it's so much more numbing because there's because you can do everything. 
there's no it's restraint. Just, it's just like Superman and the special effects, isn't it? Pretty much, it's just like there's it's no quite overwhelming. Yeah. There's no when, there's no let up from it. There's a different line when you get um. There's two. There's three major differences that I can think of um in this sequence in Metropolis. Firstly, when Superman turns up in the theatrical version, he says, "Care to step outside?" In the Donna version, he says, "Have you ever heard of freedom of the press?" Yeah, oh. step out sidelines better. Step out sidelines because, better. and I didn't realise to watching it like now. What well, what uh, were these previous um, viewings that it actually relates to what happened in the diner as well? Because it's the, the, bear in mind that's the first time Lois has seen Clark slash Superman since that diner part. So, and obviously having to kind of it's basically like coming back saying, "Oh, I'm back. Um, let's redo this again." Almost, so it's kind of. Nice and in the diner, cool. he said it. In the diner, he said it kind of a little bit nervously. Yeah. Even though he wasn't bumbling Clark at that point, he no, said he it without any authority. He says it was so much authority, and he's just outside the window with his arms crossed. Yeah. I love the way he poses for that role. So that's a better line. The second difference I can think of is that um, uh, when Lois is looking out the window, in the Donna version, she doesn't have that silly woman beside her quipping, <laughs> but she looks the same. <laughs> She looks the same, so I think they might have shot it both ways the same at the same time. Yeah. Donna went with the other version. And the third difference that I can think of is all those jokes, someone trying to keep a, a conversation going, the woman walking out of KFC and being blown sideways, all that sort of stuff isn't there. Yeah. I think oh, I think good. it's the I think it's, silly I think, lines. I think it's the guy on the on the phone in the phone booth like holding on like hey, hey, I'm <laughs> Yeah. That's really ridiculous. I was like, you can see the phone's been cut off, and he's there <laughs> laughing to himself. I was like, what the yeah. hell? And how long can these guys breathe out? They, they, <laughs> they basically just blow everybody away. Literally, they're going. Go on, five bro. hours. Like, and I just, I just, I just. You feel, I feel just, like you make make yourself your like your own super cut and have it go for like like ten hours or something. Yeah. Just yeah. If it's got a nice super sound up. habit, ambient, you go to sleep. Too. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I just I just relaxed with a Coca Cola and a Marlboro cigarette and let it unfold. <laughs> yeah, it's like product placement, isn't it? Really, it's like oh yeah, there's a lot. Of... That, that, that was quite controversial, though. I mean, it's you, you wouldn't see that now because a lot of um, Marlboro paid a lot of money for that. They, they they paid a considerable amount of money to have that advertise have that van appear. Um, it was very expensive. Is it twenty two minutes or something in total? Or the two seconds, I can't remember which. But yeah, it's very expensive. That but, uh, shot was, was paid for. That is not accidental yeah, it's, it's product placement. Product placement. And I remember hearing a figure, which I'm not even going to guess at now because I cannot remember, but the figure that was floated for what they paid was phenomenally high. And similarly with Coca-Cola. But they can afford it, you know. Huge corporations. Yeah. It makes me laugh because this is 1980 and around the same time you had anti-smoking adverts with a cartoon Superman on it. Exactly, that's do you, it. Do you think that was possibly a reaction to that or was that out that actually at the same time? That kind of makes sense because if you look at like how, how the van is used and that accent is used, basically it's trashed, isn't it? So that could be like a little nod to that maybe. maybe. I don't know. I mean, the funniest product placement I've ever heard of was the raisins in Back to the Future. They paid a load of money for like California raisins or whatever, and the only time you see them is like the bench the homeless bloke is laying on it. <laughs> see, I it's how bad it is. I have no idea the apples probably placement for raisins and Back to yeah. the Future. That's um, how bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very very noticeable uh, in this, and obviously now we look at it. I mean, early in the early in the theatrical cut, you've got Lois squeezing oranges. And yeah, she was get... obsessed with oranges and oranges, and, isn't but she? She's, she's going on a, on a health... More on that on Chris's Fruity Corner. 
you know, she's yeah, she's going through. This is it. Apart from the oranges. Um, yeah, she's obsessed with like freshly squeezed orange juice. But, but she was smoking so heavily, yeah, and there was a close-up. There was a close-up of the ashtray, and I and used just to full smoke of, years full ago. I I could never have that many cigarettes. It looks grim. No. Yeah. I think it's really funny. She's like, oh yeah, just going on smoking coffee. It must be freshly squeezed orange juice, but she's just a chain smoker, and it's like, what? Yeah. So crazy. Clark wants to kiss that. Yeah. <laughs> ashtray, no thanks. So uh, yeah, but I think what is also good is like it's it, it, basically trash Metropolis. Yeah, it does show Superman actually, care, like you know, sort figures out that uh, uh, Superman actually he actually cares. And then they pick up the bus. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they actually care, you know. So it's and you also have that no, the people, you know, something that's Ooh. that's usually lacking in the recent Superman films. Um, yeah, it's like Superman actually delivers it gives much a better shit. than in a couple of weeks' time, and also that that's an excellent counterpoint to the scene we've just seen in the Donna version, where you could get well, what about me? That sort of attitude. Yeah, yeah. No one's ever saying he doesn't care for people, but it's nice to be shown it. Yeah, definitely. So, and I think for its era, the action's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as you expect. It's just basically sort of like you know, people just throwing people stuff <laughs> uh, at that things. You know, people throwing uh, stuff into buildings, but about demolishing. Um, it's it's you know, it's as you'd expect it to be. And like and Zod's being all right. Well, rather than keep fighting him, let's just like piss him off. By. Yeah, um, that I think there's. What I was going to say there is a really nice. Um, I knew, normally I criticise this sort of stuff like it is a bit corny but I think it it kind of shows uh, or represents what Superman is about which is um, giving uh, leading by example so basically when they think that Superman is dead with the bus thing which you know was we as audience go like come on that's not going to kill Superman um, people actually go like oh my god they killed Superman let's get him you know kind of thing even though that is kind of well what the fuck are you going to do <laughs> but it, it does show that there's like you know they're, they're aspiring people to stand up for themselves and, and stick up for what's right you know so there is a nice sort of feeling of that and then you get all the sort of the long-winded blowy stuff but um <laughs> literally that goes on too long yeah but it, obviously it's shorter than Donna one because you have cut out all the goofy shit all the crap yeah yeah uh, the only other difference is um when he's sort of knocked backwards, Superman, there's a shot where he's knocked into the Statue of Liberty um, on the Donner Cup. That's yeah. not in the theatrical. He's knocked into something else on that. Okay. But yeah, they, they are broadly similar. It, but it's, 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 it's amazing how Lo- Lo- Lois and, and Co. are all watching this from <laughs> from one they building and then go through all of New York. And like... It's like it's right happening right outside the window. <laughs> yes. probably <laughs> <laughs> <It> isn't. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway... Um, yeah, and then Superman f- uh, f- flies off because he figures out, oh shit, I've got to take this back somewhere else. Yeah, something Henry Cavill Superman never thought of. <laughs> but yeah, but, yeah, but, but pe- the people are going, oh my God. Over there isn't anyone. <laughs> but yeah, but people get disappointed. Like, oh my God, he's left us. Don't leave us. <laughs> they, don't, uh, they don't immediately get the point that Zod will follow him. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, it's not immediately clear. It's only when Lex says his address. Yeah, or as he said, Superman's address. Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of like that delivery. Yeah, but anyway, uh... I do like the bit when he first turns up, 
And you get, Lex goes, oh, Superman, thank God. I mean, get him! Yeah. <laughs> Again, I can't do that line justice, and I can't do the movement justice. It's actually the way he just like has his hand up by his head, then he drops it, and he's like, points, and oh, it's just brilliant. It's like creeping, you know, you know, you kind of think, shit, they're about to kill me. Oh, thank God, Superman's here. <laughs> so they head off to the uh, the fortress. Yeah. Taking Lois and, and Lex. Lex. And... Um, yeah, so the two diverge massively, and I do think here, um, I think the Donner version is limited by what they could shoot or what footage he had because they've had to take out, or he's chosen to wisely take out some of the goofy shit we're about to describe, and it doesn't leave very much. No, but I think it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I don't think you'd have like a massive fight in the sports just all due to. Well, we've just had a big fight, I guess. Yeah. And it would be sort of cut to the point, you know, it was like, we've got, you know, Lois, we can just kill her, you know, we have you where you want, kind of thing. Um, the theatrical yeah. version goes absolutely bug nuts here. What did you make of it, Becca? All the yeah, shit that happens bit. when they get there. Yeah, just yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I just... <laughs> basically, basically, just thought, like... It's so weird. It's we, very odd, very odd. We need to do more shit in this, so they just sort of made stuff up. So, so that's yeah. like so he plays so like Superman plays like a game <laughs> basically sort of... yeah I, I didn't quite get that as one power that we didn't see before and he can, we... we can replicate holograms of himself yeah sort of, where did this go this happened so suddenly I was like oh, really okay and they also act independently of him so it's not even like they're mirrors of what he's doing one of no. them's smiling and talking and the other one isn't and things like that yeah that's it I and the first thing he does is throw that big polythene S over non that then disappears into nothing. That was a bit... <laughs> yeah, have a plastic wrap. <laughs> I just... I, I... Non wrap? Mm. <laughs> I, I felt that, that was a little bit silly. I thought that wasn't the attended effect, but it was like, oh, plastic wrapping, no! Sorry, I was, I was just trying to think of like, I, was, I had a joke involving like non and Donna. <laughs> I did notice that sometimes um... and, I, and I decided against it because it was false that's pretty bad joke. and it's pushing it because it's non not non I know sometimes I'm I, some, like if, if for example cause like, I think I'm with some hearing problems I don't know um, but I put like the subtitles on and I noticed that um, non has, has been misspelled I think they misspelled zod as zon and nod <laughs> instead of non <laughs> <laughs> I suppose some spelling mistakes in the um, in the subtitles, mm. which I thought was amusing during the during the scene. So yeah, so they, they they shot this a couple of different ways and a couple of different times. What we're left with in the Donner cut isn't very much, but in both versions, he is uh, Luther. He tells Luther, "Get them into that chamber," knowing Luther will immediately. He's going to double cross him. Rat them out. Yeah, he's just stick. Now, in the theatrical version, we've already seen this thing used, and we know that the light is all internal, the red light. Yeah, we know how it works. We now see that it's outside, and when he comes out, he's still dressed as Superman. So if you've only seen the theatrical cut, you're clued into Yeah, it was a big, different... it was a big giveaway for me. I kind of that like giveaway's thousand. not in the Donner version, because he was dressed casually before he went no, in there. No, that's good. So, given the goofy shit we've just seen, you 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 know you'd be you know forgiven for <laughs> for still going like oh, I 
fucking, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. They've, they've given up trying to make sense of what happens before. But... Oh, no. And then basically, Superman kills Sod. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing into the. Snow. I must admit, it's so satisfying, like, as it does the Neil, that, that reveal where he crushes his hand. It's... I know, the, the Foley workers on it's brilliant. They probably use, like, a bag of crisps. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. yeah. But I think, it sounds I think, so painful. I think, it's, it's, I think it is Terrence Stamp's reaction. It's the... <gasps> you know, it's like, it's the first time anyone's actually done that to him. And it's just I think the, I think the na- the natural reaction of any actor would be to sort of scream with pain. Yeah. But he actually sucks air in as he's doing it, rather than screaming out. And that's quite an interesting choice. I like that. Yeah, I think it's actually more effective because it feels like it's beyond screaming out loud pain. <laughs> it was like, you know, um, yeah. yeah. And then he sort of push. Is it? It's, it's a different. I suppose it's in the film. Yes, he kills him, but the. the there is a deleted scene of them being arrested at the end, so yeah. Um, I I don't know. And again, you don't know what choice, say Donna would have made. Um, yeah, directed it at the time. The footage was all there for them to choose from. So that that I think that's what I'm cautioning against. Don't don't look at what Donna did in 2006 yeah. and assume he would have done that in 80 the exact same way. Because not only would he have shot all of it, which would have led to different choices, and he would have been there for a whole new shoot. So different ideas would have come up then. But he would have been choosing between different takes. And also, he'd be choosing whether to put certain material in or just leave it out entirely. Mm. But the versions we get, effectively, they're killed. Yeah, essentially, they just go down like a bottomless pit. You know, or, you know, um, Lois punches Ursula, you know, as a, a kind of payback for being a, 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 you know, being a pain, real in, pain neck. in the neck. Yeah. And, uh, and just, like, tries to fly and doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yeah, and and that's it. And, and Lex tries to blag that it was. Yeah, of course, I knew. You know, it was, that was beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And again, the film the films diverge after this scene again in two different directions. What did we think of the theatrical version? Where do we go after this scene? Well, it kind I of do... wraps up pretty soon, doesn't it? Because it did the. I think there's a bit of after the the bit with the chamber. There's a bit of um, Lick's position because Luther tells you how they did it. Um, but yeah, you have like super kiss where she basically forgets everything. Um, then you know you get, you get the kind of just step outside. It's the Kryptonian. Uh, <laughs> what Viagra? Uh, not Viagra. Sorry. Um... What would you call it? Oh. Kryptonian super kiss? No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was thinking like date rape drug, you know. <laughs> Rohypnol. Oh, no. Rohypnol. There you are. I, I was just thinking. I... Um, I'm a bit concerned there that I could name the date rape drug and you two couldn't. Um, <laughs> the... no, I, I remember um, it, it obviously when well when you go to uni, obviously there's you have to be really careful. Obviously as a woman, you have to be really careful careful of it. So like we go to all these meetings. So look, don't let anybody put anything in a drink and whatever. Blah, blah, and it's just yeah, you have to, I, you know unfortunately <laughs> something that you, that you hear about. I, I was like, just thinking more that like if you were a sort of bragger that you went out and got off with loads of women, no one would ever back you up. <laughs> I got off with her. Did he get off with you? I don't remember. <laughs> um, 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 the Salkines were keen on this scene. Donna and Ma- certainly Mankiewicz wasn't on the basis that Clark should never kiss Lois. Only Superman kisses Lois. Sure. And I kind of agree with that. Having said that... That kind of makes a bit of sense, yeah. Ap- apart from not looking as well in this film, I thought Margot Kidd is really good in that scene. 
she she is convincingly fucking heartbroken. She's just, just reduced to a, to a bit of a wreck. You just think, oh. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that did bother me is like, well, so what she knows? Like, I, I, I buy the fact she won't tell anyone, but I, I think the whole notion of it is to kind of like be merciful on her, isn't it? The whole, like... It's she, quite clear. He's not in any danger. Yeah. And it's not played like he's in any danger from her. It's just the fact that she evidently cannot handle it. And uh, why give somebody that amount of pain where you can just take it away from them straight away? Yeah, and that's what he does. Um, so I kind of, I don't like the scene because it's a power that hasn't very often been associated with Superman. But it, it, it is a dumb power. But apparently, I read today that it, well, it actually it was in the old comics on some some degree. So oh, okay, I guess I mean it was I need to be trivia. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But the other version goes in a different direction. You have, um, well, it basically undoes the, the the killing of Zod and all the rest of it because he turns the earth, earth back again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a better done. She's tearful at the fortress, uh, and she's like, "I'll always remember," or something like that. Mm. It's, it's a touching we'll scene. It's not quite as heart wrenching. He drops her off at the uh, at her uh, apartment. Apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's quite touching. And he flies off. Next thing you see is clearly it's I think it's yeah she's sitting down to type up a story. Perry is going into what clean his teeth, albeit with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> um, and suddenly, like the toothpaste is coming out of the tube, and you see it start heading back up, back into the tube, okay. and you see Lois's typing start to disappear off the screen. And you see, you see, like this fast blur as he's starting to turn the Earth back again. It's a much, much better done effect than in the first film. I think it works better as well because, despite my criticisms, you know, last week of um, of the turning Earth, but I think it's a little bit. It makes more sense that you know, buying the fact that if you turn the world round the other way, it turns back time. It makes more logical sense because everything else gets redone, and then it's like a fresh start rather than like. What I, what I saying about all the problems that was going on uh, before I was doing that are just magically re- resolved now anyway. Uh, so with it, this one, the main thing is they're back up in the Phantom Zone as well, yeah. which isn't technically on Earth. So I don't like it very much. And again, it they say that they would have come up with something different yeah. for one, I'm, or or had he come back for two. One's already out there. They weren't able to do it in the first shoot. They'd have had to come up with something different for this. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, in regards to Zod, I, I think I prefer them like uh, just being in jail without the powers. Um, I, I, I I like that for an ending for them. Um, I think I, I think I, I talked about uh, last week. I would have preferred um, Lois to die, and would have had that um, heartbreaking scene that we would have had in, in the first one this time round, and that would have resolved it to some degree. Even though that would have been a proper downer ending, I must admit. But had they done that and made it work somehow yeah i think we would have had a lot more powerful film the last thing he does um after the kryptonians are killed before the turning back of the earth and that is he basically fires his eye lasers at the fortress and blows it up yeah Uh which when we get to superman returns in three weeks it's going to be really confusing that what is it actually a sequel to because there's elements of it following up this one but there's bits in it in continuity that don't fit with this yeah, it's sort of a sequel to Superman Two, but it's sort of half of a sequel to this and half of a sequel to the other version. They kind of cherry pick, don't they? 
Yeah, they do. Um, but Particularly as um, in this, in the theatrical version, she has sex with a mortal man in Clark. Um, in the Donna version, which is the one you know um, Brian Singer would prefer, it's a big Donna fan, um, she has sex with Superman. And obviously there are signs in Superman Returns that her son has abilities. But the Fortress of Solitude is still there. Which it isn't at the end of the Donna, Donna Cup, yeah. Uh, also, it's kind of funny how, like, uh, last time you see Lex, he's still in the fortress, and then next time you see, see somebody blazing the fortress. So, 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 incidentally, you don't see Lex again, so incidentally, he's killed Lex as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's just, like, a cutaway thing. I mean, like, in those delete scene where he's back at um, prison with Otis, and um, he escapes with uh, help of Test Marker. He hasn't necessarily... Hang on a minute. He hasn't necessarily... Um... No, because if you think about it, when he was mortal, he managed to make his way back there from civilization. So, basically, what he's given is Lex is an arduous, physically uncomfortable journey. Could do. But I was just saying, there is the deleted scene where he is, like, in back in jail, you know, do, do, doing the rounds. So, um, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. So, and, and Tess Marker comes and breaks him free again. And so, there is a deleted scene in the Donna uh, DVD, but... <laughs> there are bits that don't make sense, because in both... I mean, there's not only that, he fired his eye lasers at it. Was Lex still in there then? Um... But also, in both versions, he goes back to the diner. Yeah. And there's two like little things at the end. The, the, the bit where he flies the uh, thing back to the, the flag back to the, sta- uh, the White House and apologises for disappearing, says it will never happen again, which is quite funny because Superman Returns is meant to be a sequel to this. <laughs> right after he says, I'll never let you down again, he fucks off. And <laughs> Uh, but before that, he goes into the diner and basically beats the guy up. Well, if he's just turned the earth back, that guy has no idea who he is. <laughs> he's still an arsehole, though. So. Yeah. Get... <laughs> I suppose he has it coming there. Uh, but yeah, Superman <laughs> just goes in and just... Well, you know, he's really... I think he more embarrasses him, really, doesn't he? Rather than he just shoves him into a... A pinball uh, machine. Yeah, pinball right? machine, yeah. And allows him to break his own fist. And then says, like, I've been working out. <laughs> there's, a, there's a mimics and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... But again, I have to think all of that is compromised. He's he's going with what he has. And if you... He wouldn't have probably turned the earth back in this film. Yeah. Because that they'd done it in the first one. So this that scene would have made more sense. And not only that, if you didn't have that sense, it would have been sort of a drop thread. Not an important one, because what, some bloke in Alaska behaved like an asshole, so what? Yeah. But I suppose it closes the thread off, but because you turned the earth back, it doesn't work. And that's another of the reasons I just say, well, we can talk about key things in the Donna scene, and particularly the Brando stuff, and say, oh, that is so much richer, but it's a very compromised end product. It is. I think it gives us uh, an idea of what it would have been like, and I think we, you know, it, as, you, as you say, Dave, you know, had Donna done it, it's it's very easy to, to to see that it would have been a much better film than what we had. What we had. Originally. I think it would have. I think you, you, there's still a case to be made, even with all the compromise on this, that I can understand why people would enjoy this more than the first one. I genuinely can. I think had it been completed at the time by Donner with anything like the sensibility he brought to 
recutting his version all those years later, I think it would have been quite clearly the strongest film in the series. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it would have been so much better. But, but what are your end feelings, Becca? Um, yeah, obviously having only ever seen the one film, um, I, despite some shoddy effects, um, overall I, I do like it generally. Um, what I do is I kind of I'll form my proper opinion when I've seen um, the Donna's version, um, and, I'll, and I'll go from there really. But I can only form half an opinion so far. But yeah, generally solid performances and dodgy effects here and there. Um, I kind of get love the, the emotion aspect there as well. Um, obviously, losing Clouds and sort of revealing himself to to Lois. Um, but it just goes a bit batshit mental. <laughs> Last closing closing half an hour or so. Um, bit of exposition, which is a bit of a pain. Um, but no, overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, what we can't do, what we won't do with very short episodes is ranking episodes because it's just there's not enough material there. But we are keeping a, a, rank, a rough ranking in our heads of where we go. So I think by the end of the series, Becca might well have seen the the um, Donna version, and we can just briefly revisit where where it might sort of fall. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll aim to see it before we end end yep. the series for sure. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So we'll have sort of like ring rankings of such a short series, or definitely in terms of the series that that we're covering. Um, and we'll do we'll do the other Superman movies um, when we come to do the extended universe later on. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely keep that going. So um, is Danny? Have we got any fun facts at all? I have five fun facts. Well, okay. <laughs> Hit yeah, me, right? hit, hit me with it. Knowing our track record, it'll all be about like cancer and paralysis and stuff. Yes. No, it's not actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your first fun fact when we got to like Star Trek 2009 was actually, about he died. Like, oh. Major Barrett, and it's like she was dying of leukemia, Becca. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not a fun fact at all. I didn't mean that. I, literally, I, oh no, 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 no. Cancer is not fun. That's not okay, what I I'm glad you put that disclaimer in, you know, because all our listeners think we're laughing at cancer. <laughs> no, just to, obviously not, but just to reiterate, you know. Fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, y'all. Um, obviously, you know, um, well, not nod, but non. I thought it was quite funny how sometimes called it nod. Um, yeah, obviously known for obviously playing a sort of like heavyweight roles, um, sort of like heavies or physically, you know, imposing characters. Um from Dragnet is where I know mainly. Um prior to movies, Jack Halloran was actually a heavyweight boxing champion in the sixties and seventies. Um and he was a California heavyweight heavyweight champion in seventy two and seventy three, which is pretty cool. Um fun fact number two, this movie was banned in Sweden for being too violent. I really don't know what in the uh, film they're getting at. I I I think maybe the second version. Um and then another wonder from IMDB.com um, it's the only Superman movie of all the four Superman films not to have any scenes in Smallville. Uh, fun fact number four. Um, during one of the takes towards the end in the fights between uh, Lois and Ursa, uh, apparently Margaret Kidder socked um, Sarah Douglas right in the mouth and actually knocked her unconscious. And fun fact number five. Um, obviously, there's two Bond veterans to have worked on this film. Um, George Donald Fraser, who wrote Octopussy. Um, also the Flashman series, um, and also Guy Hamilton, but obviously both are uncredited, uh, along with Mankiewicz as well. So that's my five fun facts. Cool, excellent. And now for Chris Fruity Gun. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the orange is what, what fruit turned you on during this film? <laughs> well, you know, I think... <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, um, what kind of all these 
Um, what type of oranges were used in the film? <laughs> <laughs> Firm, plump ones. <laughs> juicy. Well, they weren't actually very juicy, were they? They only, like, gave a little pebble. That's interesting, though. Kind of, obviously, we talked earlier about kind of product placement from, like, Coca-Cola and, and Marlboro. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, Clark, pass me those Florida brand oranges or something, was it? They just kind of general any kind of oranges and it's like oh, that's quite interesting there could have been some you know somebody missed, you know, missed a trick there well yeah you had um, Lois's weird eating habits I mean like burgers and pizzas and, and yeah she, she's by turns thing. quite healthy and also very unhealthy like burgers and everything on it hot dogs and then oh wait no I must have a thousand milligrams of vitamin C and but still smoke <laughs> like a chimney you know it's like what make your mind up what do you want to be I she know. have it all Tough talk from Becca there. <laughs> sort Make yourself out, kidder. Aww. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny, it's just a bit of company, you know, a bit of comic relief there, but... Anyway, that was Chris's Fruity Corner. <laughs> bit, bit of comic relief. That's fruit, folks! That's <laughs> <laughs> fresh fruit. <laughs> oh. uh, so, have we got any more to add? Or is, uh, <laughs> That's fruit, folks. That's fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. So, where can you find us on social media? You can get me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Simtronics on Twitter, uh, and you also find my website uh, Simtronics, where you can find this podcast as well as other older podcasts that I actually have done. But uh, hopefully they are—they're real, honest. <laughs> they are. They do exist. They, they do exist. We haven't just, have just put titles on. The I just haven't done anything since uh, I don't know summer last year, which Dave was on. So, <laughs> well, I wasn't on. Well, you were on, on the episode. I was on the episode. <laughs> Summer review, if you want to know what we thought of all the summer films from last year. <laughs> yes. Why not? Why not? I mean, it's still, it's still sounding hip, hip and current now, but, you know, well, eventually. So if you want to, you can follow us on Twitter, expectustalk, facebook.com slash expectustalk. You can drop us an email, expectustalk at gmail.com. And we're also on YouTube. And that's it. All right. Well, this series is going okay so far. I'm kind of enjoying it. But I think it's got a, um, a distinct lack of computer geniuses and foul-mouthed comedians. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit trepidatious about um, seeing the next film. Um, just because I remember seeing it when I was quite young and being utterly terrified. By the oh, effects. don't worry, it won't be that terrifying. I think it'd probably be terrifyingly bad now, watching it as an adult. Uh, but, to be, to uh, be just... fair, once you've shit your pants, you're not likely to do it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> but what film is that, Becca? Do you expect to talk or return with Superman 3? 